What's going on, guys? It's your boy B from Barbershop Talk here once again Sunday afternoon with a new podcast. This is the second week Saunders Corner brought to you by Barbershop Talk and your boys at thisisbarbershoptalk.com. It's basketball season, as you know. Game three of the Eastern Conference Finals was last night, and the Heat came back in the second half and hit the Pacers with a haymaker after the Pacers looked to have knocked the Heat off their pedestal on their way to a 2-1 lead. Miami is up 2-1. Game 4 tomorrow night in Miami. But first of all, we're going to get into LeBron and Lance Stevenson. We saw last night that LeBron was called for a charge early in the second quarter while the Heat were still in the midst of getting blown out by the Pacers. And he... Lance Stevenson got in LeBron's head. I'll read you this quote that Lance Stevenson said today during media availability. One second, guys, while I get this quote up. Sometimes the Wi-Fi acts a little spotty. Well, basically, I'll paraphrase it while I'm waiting for the quote to come up. Lance Stevenson called LeBron's trash talking a sign of weakness. Born ready said, to me I think it's a sign of weakness because he never used to say nothing to me. I always used to be the one who used to come come up to him. I'm going to get under your skin is what he used to say to him. And now LeBron is doing it. Maybe it is a sign of weakness or maybe LeBron is just tired. You've seen he's been a lot more outspoken over the last six to eight months. And that something that comes with that championship swagger. LeBron feels obligated to express his real opinion now, and he's even gotten into the trash talking game. I like to see the trash talking. The old, older NBA that when I first came up on basketball, you saw a lot of guys trash talking and giving each other a hard time on the court. It was nothing personal, but it was basketball. But Miami Heat. The first eight minutes of the first quarter last night only had four points. But they surely picked it up. Down 15 at one point in the first half. I believe it was 29-14. to 14. But the Heat came storming back. Awesome, awesome second half of basketball from Miami. Pacers look lethargic. Their superstar, Paul George, was nowhere to be found again. Very bad game from George. Really did not have too much highs. He hit one big three after Miami pushed the lead to 10. But other than that, there was nothing really that Paul George did. That's the second night in a row that he has been nowhere to be found when they needed him the most. And it's been seen that the Pacers do or die by Lance Stevenson. And he can be good Lance, bad Lance at the same time. So, Lance Stevenson as the go-to guy for the Pacers. I don't know whether that'll work out as well as they hope it does. Because Paul George has not embraced the role of superstar as well as he should. He's not 
become a go-to guy the way Indiana fans expected him to become in the playoffs. He's had some very, very, very spotty games. But that's, that's the nature of the NBA and PG. You got to step up, bro. But ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you that I'm not surprised with the news development from yesterday. I I don't know if you guys remember me telling you, but Serge Ibaka was supposedly out for the rest of the playoffs. Well, <laughs> that's changed in the course of a week. Ibaka has been putting himself through strenuous testing over the last week and is now most likely going to be playing in tonight's pivotal game three against the San Antonio Spurs who raced through the first two games of the season I mean of the series excuse me winning by a total of 52 points Westbrook and Kevin Durant have put up somewhat of their end of the bargain but it has not gone well for Oklahoma City struggling to get a consistent effort from many of the other players um, key adjustments. Ibaka changes everything for the defense. The Spurs are 0-4 this season when Serge Ibaka has played. I know what you guys are thinking is regular season. It doesn't mean anything as does the Miami Heat going 0-4 against the Brooklyn Nets and then beating them in five games just two weeks ago. But it, there is something you can take away from the fact that OKC was undefeated with Ibaka and has gotten run off the floor in both of the two playoff meetings so far. But Ibaka, he really changes everything. The defensive adjustment for the Thunder is obviously something that helps out the paint presence because Tim Duncan and Tiago Splitter are eating Perkins, Nick Collison, and... Steven Adams up on the inside 65 points in the paint in game one and follow that up with another 50 in game two Ibaka one of the premier shot blockers in the NBA does change that and it'll be interesting to see if he does go how much can he give because the calf issue I don't know <laughs> that's the, that's the leg and he needs his leg for mobility so that's going to be a key thing to check out. And then on the perimeter, Russell Westbrook and Tony Parker. That matchup, once again, will be key. Kevin Durant being efficient from the field. He got 25 points the other night, but his efficiency is the thing. Getting others involved. The bench has done a pretty good job for the Thunder, but Cephalosha... And Perkins and Collison, they're not giving the Thunder points that they need. And it's not going well. The Thunder have had leads at the end of the first quarter in both games. Two-point leads. But San Antonio ratchets it up. And as Popovich says, he needs more nasty. And they definitely are getting that nasty. Um, Alright, so... This is the story, though. Is, is like I said, is Ibaka he healthy enough to play? There's no need for him to come out there and re-injure himself 
or hurt his injury even more just to play because I pretty much didn't think that the Spurs were going to lose this series even if they had to deal with Ibaka because the Spurs are obviously on a mission. They look like they are ready to avenge the loss that they faced against the Miami Heat last year. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what goes on tonight in that series if Ibaka shall play. It'll be very interesting. I'm I was hoping to see a duel, man. Seven games. Not getting that at all. Not getting what I wanted at all. But guys, we're gonna do something different here today. We're not just gonna stick to previews of the of these two matchups. What we're gonna do is gonna get you up caught up on everything basketball. How about that? We're going to go first with some Clippers news. <laughs> not no, it, it, it's Donald Sterling news, but it's not anything that directly correlates with him prospering or anything foolish coming out of his mouth or any actions that negate him even more. This is about Grant Hill. And Grant Hill's group that he has put together to try and buy the um, Los Angeles Clippers who Sterling has put his wife in charge of forcing sale of. Um, soon enough the Clippers will be up for sale and there are a heck of a lot of people that are out there trying to buy them. But one former Clipper, former NBA All-Star co-rookie of the year who was derailed by injuries, Mr. Grant Hill is one of the suitors who has to be, not has to be, excuse me, who is, I got sidetracked by a text. People need to leave me alone when I'm doing my podcast. <laughs> but um, Grant Hill is in the process of putting together a big time offer for the Clippers. And it seems like ESPN's Mark Stern thinks that Grant Hill and his group may put together a good enough offer to get the Clippers. For some reason, guys, my Wi-Fi is running a little slow today. So bear with me. Probably should have pl planned this out a little better with a little cheat sheet. But everything is all good. We still gonna be here. Still gonna have some fun. Still going to line you up just right for your afternoon delight. Hey, <laughs> you know you like that. You know our slogan: line you up just right. And guys, Lionel Hollins, you know Lionel Hollins, former Memphis Grizzlies coach, will be interviewing for the Los Angeles Lakers job. That's good for him get him another opportunity but the Lakers are a basket case and I pray for him if he gets that job anybody who gets that job really 
because Lakers are in some deep trouble and they will get a lot worse before they get any better and speaking of Memphis Grizzlies the Memphis Grizzlies have let another coach walk Dave Jorger first year head coach is now going to be the Minnesota Tim Timberwolves head coach you know Rick Adelman longtime coach in the NBA retired this offseason and now the Timberwolves have stolen away Dave Jorger from the Memphis Grizzlies and in an interesting plot twist the Memphis Grizzlies would like to steal Jeff Van Gundy away from ESPN and give him the type of deal that his bro his younger brother Stan Van got with the Detroit Pistons as president and head coach. It'll be interesting to see. Van Gundy has been with ESPN for almost 10 years now. Close enough to it, in my opinion. Well, that's not really an opinion. That's <laughs> in my estimation. The Grizzlies just continue to drop the gun, letting great coaches leave year after year. Guys, and another thing. Another thing that's in, would be an interesting development to look at over the course of the regular season next year is with Cleveland Cavaliers and Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving has has reportedly expressed some displeasure with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and this just his third season. And there's a lot of people that think he will leave once he gets the opportunity. And there's a report from Kurt Hugh Helen of basketball talk pro basketball talk NBC Sportsline who says the Cleveland Cavaliers do not want to offer Kyrie a max contract which I think would be a smart idea honestly it would be good to see him not get that type of contract because he really hasn't done much to deserve that contract It'll be a fun development watching Kyrie develop, though. He's a dookie, so I don't really root for him that much. Tar Heel Nation, you know, everywhere we go, people want to know why we have so many rings. Tar Heel! But it'll be fun to see. Kyrie is an exciting player to watch play, first of all. I love watching Kyrie Irving play basketball. I'm not going to hate on him, man. Not going to hate on the man. But that's just some of the news, guys. Some of the news. So now what we're going to do is we are really going to dive in. I'm about to dive in. <laughs> My singing is horrible. But we're going to dive into the basketball on the court the the four teams that are still competing for the Larry O'Brien um as you guys probably know by now 
Indiana won game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. 107-96 score was not that close. 80, and then Miami came back. 87-83. And then last night, Miami won 99-87. So what I'm about to do right now is get into last night's game. A little bit and we can talk about how good of a game that was. Miami, as I said earlier, down by 15 points early on in the game. Trail 37-22 in the second quarter. Miami only mustered up 14 points in the second in the first quarter excuse me but um the game could have went downhill but it did not LeBron and Dwayne Wade have been excellent in this postseason specifically Dwayne Wade in the last four games he's really ratcheted up 20 points in all four of the last games including the closeout game against the Brooklyn Nets Almost called him the Celtics because of Paul Pierce and KG. Look at me. But Miami could have just threw this game to the side and said, we'll get get them back Monday. But the Heat, after trailing 37-22, ended the game plus 27 in the point differential. 77-50. Indiana scored 87 points once again their points per game has really been something to see in April they had four straight games where they didn't even hit the 80 point mark and they scored a hundred points in game one against Miami and they've been scoring in the 80s pretty much throughout the postseason so it's funny to see the rise and fall and rise and fall of the Indiana Pacers when it comes to scoring the basketball. Lance Stevenson had 11 points and 5 assists. 10, re and t 10 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, excuse me, last night for the Indiana Pacers. And it seems that the Pacers go through Lance. Whatever, however Lance takes us, that's how we're going to go. And in the third quarter of game two, matter of fact, Lance Stevenson went off. He was really in his bag. And... He really played well. But the story of this game in Miami was Ray Allen, Jesus Shuttlesworth, Jesus, whatever you want to call him, Sugar Ray, Ray Ray, the guy from the Yukon Huskies, the guy from the Milwaukee Bucks, the guy from the Boston Celtics, the guy from now the Miami Heat, Ray Allen, Mr. Three, most three-pointers in NBA history. Regular season playoffs. I mean, Ray Allen is that dude. Four threes in the fourth quarter. And on his fourth three, LeBron James just went berserk. Like he was having a seizure. He was so ecstatic. But that's Miami. The three, three ball game is always going to be there because you have to play man-to-man -man with James and Wade and try and limit their attacking of the basket um we're gonna read some quotes here from last night 
this is from Eric Spolscher. A lot of our situations that we've been through where we've struggled have been against this team. That's what they do to you. They're very good. It's a function of their defense. But we had no choice but to regather. And also Frank Vogel. Tough loss. Thought we competed pretty well. Came out of the gates really strong. Got off to a good start. And then didn't manage our foul trouble. Yeah, there was a lot of messed up foul calls in the game. A lot of ones that could have gone either way. And a lot of ones that the referees probably could have let them continue to play. But that's the nature of this new NBA. They're going to call everything. A lot of touch fouls. But the NBA, I'm, I'm still going to watch. <laughs> so, all the complaining that people do is basketball. I'm going to continue to watch. You ain't going to see me stopping. But the Heat definitely did impose their identity on the Pacers, especially in that second half. Taking the lead at the end of the third quarter after being down by as much as 15, as I mentioned earlier. Excuse the background noise. I've got some people over at my house, and they're kind of loud. But it's awesome. Ray Allen is that guy. And the funny thing is, even Dwayne Wade hit some threes last night. Back-to-back -back threes that were key junctures in the game. A pull-up three at the shot clock end, and then another one. Heat check, and he knocked down both of those threes from the top of the key. LeBron said after the game, I wasn't going to leave until I saw what he was going to do. Who watched the first of those threes. Because LeBron had some cramps, so he, st he 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 was going to the back of the locker room. It was a little scary for some Heat guys, but he stayed there and watched. And Dwayne Wade knocked down the first one. And Dwayne Wade said to him about it, "I can shoot the three ball. I just decided not to." Wade is third to last in the NBA for players that have shot at least a thousand three pointers. He can't shoot the three ball. That's a little ego in him thinking he can do something he can't. That's not been a something that he's been great at throughout his career, and he probably never will be good at it. But it's funny to see the Miami Heat two games away from their fourth straight NBA Finals appearance, something I thought I would never see. That's a lot of basketball. That's a lot of basketball. And David West after the game. I think we need to stick to what we do. We got away from ourselves. We tried to make some stuff up on the fly, which is not us. And that's probably been the Pacers um, this postseason. Not playing their style of basketball. But this is fun, man. I, I love being able to express my ideas with you guys. Because I love the game of basketball. Hopefully, this gives me some exposure. You guys share this with your friends. It was really, really, really awesome to continue to 
not was is excuse me it really is awesome to be able to express with you guys my love of the game and my ideas about what go what's going on and for game four just a quick what I think adjustments will be the heat have to continue to play with that defensive intensity way continue to draw they need to get more from Chris Bosch Chris Bosch has not scored double digits in the last seven games against the Indiana Pacers we all know two years ago he was forced out of that series with an abdominal issue last year he really struggled against David West Bosch needs to get back to attacking the ball hitting his little 15 to 18 foot jump shots and he needs to do more when it comes to rebounding the ball he tries to do a lot of the Tyson Chandler tips but that's just not his game He's got a size advantage at 6'10", 6'11", over David West, but David West outpowers him and Bosch's guarding West. Um, it'd be interesting to see if they put Hibbert on Bosch, I mean, Bosch on Hibbert to see if he can stay out of foul trouble. He's been in a lot of foul trouble throughout the series. Four fouls last night. Um, also, it'd be interesting to see if Hibbert will continue to not chase Bosch on the defensive end. Hibbert lets Bosch stay on the perimeter and he stays underneath the basket. Speaking of Roy Hibbert, we know in game two he got a double-digit rebounding number for the first time in the playoffs. Just speaks to the, to the struggling of Roy Hibbert. I never thought he was that good to begin with, but he's a he's good for what the NBA has. I mean, there's not many seven-foot centers anymore. I mean, Kevin Durant is taller than Dwight Howard, if you guys didn't know that. So Dwight Howard is like 6'10", 6'9", 6'10", in real stature. They, he's a center by built and body, but Dwight Howard is not really a 7-foot guy. So, we, for what we have in the NBA, Roy Hibbert, yeah, he's a marginally successful big man. Not going to get too many props from me, and I don't like him anyway, because he was a part of that Georgetown team that went to the final four and beat out UNC in that overtime game but alright let's get into a little preview of tonight's game and then we'll wrap things up for this week's episodic um, as I said the Spurs have won by a total of 52 points over the first two games of the series 122-105 in game 1 65 points in the paint and then on top of that, Danny Green. Game two was Danny Green's game, just like game two was Danny Green's game of the NBA Finals last year. Green went berserk, 7 for 10 from the three-point line. Wide open three after wide open three. Tybo Cephalosha left him free um, for the Thunder. If Ibaka can be... Marginally successful in interior defense, keeping Duncan and Splitter out of the lanes as much as they frequent the lanes in the first two games of the series. It'll be interesting to see. I would I would start Steven Adams and put Kendrick Perkins on the bench. Perkins is garbage. I'm sorry if that's too forward, but he's just garbage. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't grab boards. He doesn't score. He's a... Uh, placeholder I guess you gotta have five guys on the floor so he's the fifth guy but Perkins doesn't do squat but um Tony Parker 
22 points the other night. You know that spin move. Call him Mr. Spin Cycle. He's always doing that spin move. Kawhi Leonard, he's a beast. He's probably more of a superstar than Paul George is. Man, you got to take your hat off to Larry Bird, Donnie Walsh, and um, R.C. Buford of the... Um, no, Sam, Sam Presti. Sam Presti was then the assistant GM of the Spurs. He wasn't with the Thunder yet. It was Sam Presti and R.C. Buther who together made that trade, the, the swap of George Hill for Kawhi Leonard. That's probably the most win-win trade that I've ever seen. George Hill, even though he can be passive-aggressive sometimes on the court, doesn't shoot the ball, had a game against the Heat where he, during the regular season where he didn't shoot a at least one single attempt and then you got Kawhi Leonard that was an awesome trade Kawhi Leonard fits in so well with the Spurs and he'll probably be the guy when Duncan Parker and Ginobili hang it up and they'll probably continue to win because Popovich has a system going where him and his guys psychoanalyze these dudes they check their egos at the door everybody is ready to fill in when they need to fill in and that's why the Spurs continue to win it's not so much the system it's so much that these guys play well because they are not worried so much about their individual statistics and they're more worried about the Spurs as a whole and continuing that championship pedigree that they have established since 1999 five championship appearances four titles I mean, that's the Spurs. And Boris Diaw has been very, 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 very important to the Spurs throughout the playoffs. But more importantly, in this series, big fella. Four, four by weight size, point guard by skill position. Boris Diaw chipped in 11 points the other night. But... I like to see Scott Brooks make some adjustments. He gets a lot of flack from a lot of people that don't think he's the right coach for the Thunder and think the Thunder will not be able to progress and become championship championship caliber teams until they get rid of Brooks and replace him with somebody better. Um, I guess we'll see if Brooks makes the Perkins adjustment. If he puts Karan Butler in the starting lineup instead of Cephalosha like he did in the series against the Memphis Grizzlies, that'll be an important thing to do. Butler brings scoring off the bench. Um, maybe even try Jeremy Lamb a little bit. Lamb, in his extended garbage time the other night, played very well. Kevin Durant only 15 points in Game 2. Him and Russell Westbrook got into it. It's something to say when your two-star players getting into it. It's a lot of frustration. But it'll be interesting to see what, what Scotty Brooks does with his team. There's a lot of questions to be answered. Do you is Ibaka ready to play? Will he be a factor for Duncan and Splitter? Will Russell Westbrook be able to keep composure, get the other guys involved while still getting his? Will Kevin Durant be efficient? What type of production will the starters other than Westbrook and Durant get? 
will the bench players continue to produce or will the Spurs continue to execute on all cylinders and win this series it'll be very interesting to see and folks I want to thank you guys once again for tuning in to Saunders Corner Barbershop Talk this is barbershop.com coming soon and we will continue to develop get you some new material appreciate you guys